So for this uh, podcast, I'm delighted to be joined uh, by Jimmy Quinn. Thanks for coming on, Jimmy. No problem. Thank you very much, Chris. So where did it all start for you, coming a jockey? You've been um, in the sport now for many years, but where did it all start for you? Uh, well, we always had ponies at home in Ireland, you know, uh, such as like just hunting and, you know, messing around on ponies at home. And I, when I was in secondary school, my friends see an ad in the, on the wall, you know, for um, race, like which is the racing centre in, in Kildare. So we obviously filled it in with the help of my uh, maths teacher, Jim O'Connor. And um, I applied to go there for the, for, for the course, you know. And uh, I got picked to go on a two-week course. Um, and then I got called back to go on the main course, which was good. That's what it all started. So you did basically, when you went back, you, the first two weeks, when you get there to get accepted, you did two weeks on the Irish National Stud and they assessed you around it place in the gym and whatever you did and then um it was 75 went on the course there was 25 is picked to go back i think 16 if not 16 finished after the 10 month course something like that it sounds like you had a great opportunity in ireland to get started when did you first get the opportunity to come over uh, to england and start riding um through um uh, through mr o'sullivan the director of, of, of race actually passed away uh, a few years back, I was living in Kildare, I was working for Mr. Ox, I had a great job, and great whatever, uh, where I lived and everything, but uh, what it was, I just, um, I used to, used to go, uh, be reading the papers and just see a lot more racing in the UK than there was in Ireland at the time, I see a lot more opportunities here, so Mr. O'Sullivan organised a job for me to go and work for Mr. Rowe, Pat Rowan, in Yorkshire, uh, North Morton, um, no Yorkshire, in Moulton, uh, where I spent three years. Uh, great job, great fella. Another man who uh, passed away last last year. Um, he 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 was uh, very helpful, you know. Um, and how did your career develop after you came over to England? Did you were you based with him for quite a while, or did yeah, you... I did. I did three seasons there, um, and I think I think then back then in the the, the late eighties was a bad recession and. I think he had a bad uh, sale. He, he was talking about moving. He ended up having to sell his yard and, 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 and he moved abroad. And I, I, I decided to, to, to come to Newmarket, you know, where I did a year with Eric Eldon. And then I did um, two years with Alan Bailey. And I, after that, I went and wrote for a trailer called Hugh Cornridge. I wrote from all of my career to retire. He retired about I don't know how many years ago, five years ago, six, maybe more. I wrote for you all my life. A gentleman, absolute gentleman. Right. When you look through your list of uh, CV of winners, probably one of the most notable ones that stand out is when you won the Group 1 Nunthorpe Stakes at York with a horse called uh, Kingsgate Native. Um, how did that uh, combination strike up? Because it was quite unusual for a two-year-old to uh, go against the older horses. Was he a special horse from an early age? How did you get the opportunity to uh, earn that ride? Uh, he ran at Lawless Goodwood. Good. Yeah. And I happened to ride a winner on the day. I think I won a winner on the day for his fight. And George rode, George Baker rode me for the second in a list race. And I was speaking with the, with the owner um, I was introduced to the owner through a friend of mine, 
and he booked me there and then for to ride him in the non-top. I said, well, I'd love to do you know, the, 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 what he showed in that race. I thought, well, he, he's got loads of speed. He'd have only eight stone and he ate one. Um, and the time was very fast I mean, in that race when he, when he was second, you know. Because he was only a two-year-old, was there other some concerns that maybe he wasn't quite ready to take on the older horses? To ride him as a two-year-old, he was very solid. He was a solid two-year-old. Uh, I remember him quite well. I rode him. As, he was. He, he, he and then he was second in the Abbey. Yeah. Um. So he was. He was. He was. It was a fair two-year-old. When you think his first run was at Royal Ascot, finished second. Then his second run was at Glorious Goodwood, finished second. And then he ran at, at, at York, Evil Week, won the non-talk. And then he ran in uh, Paris, in, 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 the, in the Abbey. So he was he was put on the big stage from day one. You know, he wasn't just running a, in, a, in a soft little meeting. For a, he was ran, as I say, Royal Ascot Week. And then he went to Glorious Good Week. Then he went to Evil Week. And he went to Arc Weekend, which is like up to us for any horse, you know. Yeah, it's, it's always going to be tough, you would have thought, for younger horses, but he really demonstrated at an early age that he was a, a top-quality sprinter. Yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously, you've won many big races during your career. You've won the likes of the Brigadier, yeah, Gerard. I, I, yeah, I've won quite a few handicaps here in the UK. And yeah. I, you know, I've won, like, listed races. And, and, and you, know, you know, one day, um, I was looking up to win the Chester Cup twice. Mr. Blanchard, Mr. Blanchard, I love a house called Welshman. Uh, he loved it around there. And I won it for Mr. Cole, a horse called Maris. Uh, I won the Lincoln for uh, William Haggis, a horse called Hilo, and for Mark Tompkins, a horse called Smokey Oakey. For Judy Dench was the owner, actually. All right. So, so I, got a, I got a sign for it after the kids from um, Daniel Craig. So I've got that one here in the house. Oh. Are you a massive James Bond fan? <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that's great. Love a little bit of James Bond. When would you say your absolute peak uh, of your career was when you were a jockey? When did would you say you were at your most fittest and you got on a horse and you felt that you were at the peak of your powers? I'd say, for me, when I was coming to my proper peak was in the late 90s. And I got an opportunity to ride in Hong Kong. Uh, I was quite successful there. I won the Millennium, I won the Millennium Cup. I won the uh, horse called Florence. I won the in the year 2000, uh, which arrived at 12.45, so quarter one in the morning. Um, I, rode, I think I rode in 10 months there, I think I rode 20, 24, 25 winners. Mm-hmm. Uh, I came back to the, I rode in the Ogre. I think I was champion on the Ogre for a few years. And... I think the following year or the year after, maybe I went to, went to Germany. Mm-hmm. I was stable. I was stable jockey for Peter Sheridan. Uh, the main runner there was the, for the Baron Bellman. I rode eighty four winners there that year, uh, which put me second. Uh, no, put me third in the list. Andreas Starker was uh, champion rider. Uh, Andreas Subridge was second, and I was third. So it was good. And and what when you ridden obviously in Hong Kong and Germany. Did you notice a difference in the style of racing compared to racing I did, in the UK? I did, I did, I did, yeah, I did. Uh, Hong Kong was, was, was uh, very, very gate speed, you know. You need, uh, even now, you need gate speed. It's all about positions. The first forum was very crucial in Hong Kong. Whereas Germany is a bit of a, a mixture between, I'd say, the UK and France. 
mm-hmm. if you can mix it around a bit. Um, I found Jeremy that way, but I got the opportunities in Jeremy to ride. I was totally in Italian driving that year uh, for, for Peter, uh, and, and he used to run horses like in, in Italy, he used to run them in Switzerland, and you know, I got opportunities to ride in France and other con- other European countries as well, which was, you know, which was quite nice, you know. And and is, would you say that, that that's been one of your favourite parts of being a jockey, to travel to different parts of the world instead of just being yeah, based in the, the UK? Yeah, the same, the people, I remember... Um, 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 Ray Cochran years ago said to me when I was a kid and reframing and people like that, you know, you can ride, make sure you can travel, make sure, you know, wherever you go in the world, majority of, the, of the, the, the race, you know, make sure you travel the world and see the world while you can ride because if you can ride a horse, you can, you can get employment anywhere in the world. So, you know, which is, I probably didn't go, you know, I did quite a few countries, but so like stay long enough to enjoy it, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I'm still, I'm still, I'm still, you know, been been around a bit now. Quite enjoyed it. And obviously, you said we know you've been a jockey for many years. How would you say the sport has changed in your time as a jockey? Would you say it's more professional now? You're more fitter than you were when you first started. Yeah, it's, it's more. I think you're more in the spotlight now. Um, years ago, you know, um, trainers one didn't have as many horses. Um. It wasn't it wasn't televised as much, you know. We didn't have the ATR or UK. Um, you know, you can you can watch on your TV now. You can watch any race around Europe, really. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like um, when I started, I mean, a, a big trainer would have probably with Henry Cecil or hundred horses, you know, mm-hmm. um, in the eighties, and then it's it's just progressed now. You have got like obviously Mark Johnson, Richard Fahey, um uh Richard Hannon and then you got the big trainers in Newmarket, John Gosden, and Sir Michael Stout and uh David Simcock with a massive amount of horses, you know. And that, as you've been a jockey for, for many years now, what kind of kicks do you get out of racing still? Do do you like working with the younger horses and taking them on a journey uh, through their career? What, yeah. what's your kind of kick <laughs> you get? You know you Every every time you ride a winner, you get a kick. You know what I mean? Or even if you if you're riding a horse, you know when you go back. Um, you know, I've 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 started some some good horses over the years. When I was a kid, Mr. Rowan sent me to to uh, Guy Harwood's for work experience, and Dancing Brave was a two year old, and I remember riding him. Um, horses like Dancing Brave. Um, I've rode some oh, horses, unbelievable horses at, at Cecil's. You know. Mm-hmm. From Frankel to Ramaruma to Oath to you name it, they were all there, you know, midday. Um, oh, the, the list goes on. And you just try to try to remember the horse you have sat on, you know. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, over the years, I, I would have sat on some very, very good horses. You know? Now, some of our uh, listeners might not be aware that your jockey agent is uh, Adam Burke. And we had Adam on our uh, podcast a few weeks ago now, talking about his uh, career to become a jockey agent. How did that relationship strike up, and how did you meet him? It was basically through uh, Dougie Costello, really. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he, he looked after Doug, and I was just chatting to him in the, in, 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 in the way room. Um, I, as I say, I came back from Qatar, and I was booking my own rides, and I was kind of doing a half an okay job on it. 
I'm proud if I had someone <laughs> pushing me along, I might even do better, you know what I mean? And, and then Adam took 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 me on, and um, I think he was going to give me five days. And I kind of looked on the side of the morning, went, I think from the, between now and Thursday, I took like sixteen or eighteen rides, which is which was quite good in the month of February. Mm-hmm. And then I went and I, I went out that Saturday and I got a kick and fractured my pelvis. So look at that comes with the job, these injuries, you know, you're not taller when you get a license. Yeah. When you start off, you're gonna get you're gonna get an injury or you you're gonna have a stick in traffic or you you're gonna get a bollock off your boss or things are gonna go wrong, you know, these things do happen, you know, you just le- you learn to live with them. And 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 for uh, your current time as a jockey, obviously we're in lockdown at the moment, very frustrating. Uh, what what kind of the ambitions for the rest of your career? Do you see yourself hanging hanging uh, your boots up anytime soon? Or? I know that. Look, I have no weight issues. I'm pretty fit. Um, even though I'm, I'm, I had an injury there in February, but I'm still I'm very competitive. I'm still fit. I, I'd like to I'd like to see how this year goes, and then I can make a decision. On how the year goes, what I'm going to do next year. But look at this. I don't make any decisions in this job. Uh, it's made for you by the job itself, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If you're, not, if you're, if you're not, not up to scratch, you don't get the rights. And if I, if I feel myself, I was didn't perform or on the horse or two, I would say, look at, you know, that's it for me. But at the moment, um, and the way, you know, for me, the way I was riding myself, I don't, I don't feel like I've, uh, I would let anyone down, you know. And and who are you currently base with at the moment? Are you still riding out for uh, different trainers? Yes, yeah, so I ride out. I, yeah, I ride out. Uh, well, now we're like, as I say, we're in lockdown, so it's 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 it's, it's sensible really to stay in one yard. Uh, but uh, I've been riding out for for the last three three weeks since I've come back from my injury for uh, Hugo Palmer. Mm-hmm. And and um, is there any horses that you're looking forward to? Hopefully, once we get back to some kind of racing. If you look at uh, as, as I say, I've been in three weeks, but I've sat on some very forward nice two-year-olds. I've sat on some nice on-race three-year-olds. Um, you know, he's got a nice bunch of horses there, so um, he's hoping and I'm hoping he'll have a good year, uh, which I think he should, and I think he will. And then and then again, like you know. There's a, you know, there's uh, the few trainers there. I came back from, I went to two months in Qatar, and the few trainers there I was riding for were very supportive with Marco Botti. Uh, he used me on a few, few, few of his horses, which, you know, which I won on and placed on. He was very helpful to me, and, you know, some other trainers as well. I rode some ones last year for some Michael Stout. Then I've got my small little trainers as well, for, which I ride for as well, you know, so it's, you, you put them all together and you can still keep going, you know. There's an, an, an owner that ride for as well called Mark Hogan. Who got into the game? He's got horses with, um, um, oh, he had a horse ran sixth, horse called Ocean Wind, Roger Teal. He was sixth in the bumper at, um, Cheltenham. He, Cheltenham, yeah. So yeah. he's gonna, he's gonna have, he's gonna run the flat. He was a winner, um, at Huntington. Then he just got beat at Cheltenham at Christmas time and he won quite impressively at Newbury. Mm-hmm. And he went to he went to Cheltenham on the ground. Probably wouldn't be in he's not an over big horse, wouldn't be in his favour. It was very dead, tacky ground for him. And he ran a credible six, you know, and a big field. It was more producer, was more behind than there was in front of him. I'm looking forward to riding him on the flat and and, and Mark's got a few more which I'm looking forward to ride. So he's got him with uh, Adrian Nichols and he's got him with uh, Mike Appleby, you know. So the the the, the law Pop Brown and Andrew Ball has been good to me over the years on his light rice. So, you know. Hopefully everything just just fall into place. And 
when you eventually do decide to stop as a, as a jockey, what, how would you like to be remembered? What 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 would you like to be remembered for? Uh, that's a difficult question. I don't know. I've always worked pretty hard, and being you know, I've always given everything one hundred percent as a rider. So uh, and I think I can find my uh, I suppose my my um, my knowledge. You know, I can help and speak about horse afterwards. Um, I hope it's helped a lot of trainers and owners along the way, you know. And uh, that's that's really great, Jimmy. Um, thanks uh, for giving up your time just to have a little chat about your career and how it's developed and what you're up to now. I really appreciate that. No problem, Chris. No problem. Thank you very much. For more podcasts, please don't forget to subscribe to our SoundCloud page. You can check us out on Twitter following our handle at In The Saddle Pod. And we're also as well now available on Facebook and Instagram.